Hello, welcome to Kamari's Place. I hope you're having a wonderful day, evening, night, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. Come on in, make yourself comfortable, because today I am going to be telling you about my week, and I'll go more in detail once we get to the other side. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this podcast. Alright, so I honestly don't know what I want to call this thingy um, that I'm doing today. Um, But basically, before I started school, before I started the new year, I thought about some of the things that I wanted to continue um, and some things that I wanted to start going into the new year. So I don't know when I had the idea, but I had the idea of basically doing a devotional each day, kind of jotting down some thoughts, some notes that I had about that devotional um, each day throughout the week, taking notes about significant points that were happening in life, and then sharing them at the end of the week on my Sabbath. And the reason why I wanted to do this was, one, for the spiritual reason of I genuinely like sharing the word and I like talking about things and kind of teaching them in a way or showing them. And so in a way, it encourages me to engage with the word because if I know I'm going to be sharing at the end of the week, I want to have something to share and to talk about. And so I thought that was a fun way of engaging in the word you know what I mean, by preparing to share something at the end of the week. Because if you know that you're going to have to share again, um, again, you want to have something to show for. So then when you're reading each day, you're actually looking for something. And so it's been really helpful. Um, So that's what we're doing today. today. If you hear some bubbling, that's because I am also soaking my feet. So sorry if I'm not going to be super close to the mic and you can't hear well, but uh, I thought I would kill two birds with one stone. So hopefully this goes well, hopefully, but let me add some, I'm trying to see, should I add oil into here or should I add foaming bubbles? I kind of don't want it to be super bubbly, but I want my feet to kind of be clean. We'll see. Hold on a second. We'll see. Ouch! That actually hurt. I think I'm going to put some oil in there too, but I think I'm going to wait towards the end to do that. So right now I'm adding some... Oh my gosh, I need to touch up my nails because they're not fully dry. Anyways, right now I'm adding some Dr. Teal's Foaming Bath with pure Epsom salt into um, the foot bath. I'm just gonna add like a capful, maybe a little bit less, because again, I don't want a lot of bubbles. got the heat going and I'm just going to let myself relax for a little bit. 
honestly I'm feeling pretty tired it feels like this week has been super long like when I think about last Saturday and this Saturday it feels like almost worlds apart so to speak because last Saturday was the first Saturday of the year it was the first day of 2022 and I remember waking up and feeling like you know I don't want to go into the new year not putting in effort in doing the things that I wanted to accomplish because basically if you've been listening to my past podcast I went on a winter reset journey And for the first two weeks of my winter break, it went well. The second two weeks, I burnt out. I stopped being consistent in all of the things that I wanted to be consistent in. And it kind of just fizzled out like pop. And so I was still on that fizzle trail, but I didn't want that to continue into the new year. So I told myself, I was like, my goal is that I want to engage with the word every day. It doesn't matter if I'm reading a chapter. It doesn't matter if I'm doing a deep Bible study. It doesn't matter if it's just a verse. The bottom line is, is that I will engage with the word this year. And I want it for life. But, you know, I'm trying not to think of things in grand scales. I just want to do it now. You know what I mean? I want to be able to continue that each day. So... With that whole thing in mind, I opened up my Bible app on Saturday waking up and I was like, I got to engage with the word. It doesn't matter how, but I want to engage with the word because I think what happens is we get so in our head about what things should look like and how long you should do it. And is it if it's enough or is it enough if we only do this or if we only do that? And as I was sharing with my best friend, it's really about heart posture. It doesn't matter if you read just the scripture or if you read five passages. If you read five passages and your heart isn't in it and your heart posture isn't to seek God and understand him and grow closer to him, it's as if you did not read that day. And if you only read one passage, just open up the Bible app just to check it off your list and you didn't have the intention to grow closer to God and reconcile with him, it's as if you did not even read. So it's not about the quantity, it's about the how, it's not about the what you do, it's about the how you do it, and where it's coming from. And so with that, that was my goal, and I did it. So for some reason, I don't know how I was led to the Old Testament, but I was, and I don't know how I was led to Exodus, but I was. And I think where that came from is on New Year's Eve, I went to a service and they were studying. Sorry, the plane is going overhead. But that scripture that they were coming from was based in. Let me give the airplane its time to shine. What's going on? Okay. Okay, so what I wanted to say was, um, what did I want to say? 
So the scripture passage was based in either first or second Samuel. It was talking about David and David and Goliath. And when the pastor was talking about it, he was talking about historical context and all that kind of stuff. And that's what got me inspired. And I was like, when I read the Bible, I want to actually know what's going on. Like, I want to know context because I find that a lot of the times when I read the word, if I'm just skipping around the Old Testament, I can understand it. But I don't understand the full gravity of it because I don't really know what is happening in context i don't know what happened before i know in general what happened we talk about the israelites a lot we talk about how they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years because of their lack of faith we talk about these things and i know these common things but i had not experienced them and engaged with them for myself so it i don't i can't experience the full gravity of it and so that was mainly my goal for for wanting to read in the Old Testament and wanting to kind of start from the beginning. So I had already read throughout Genesis, um, the whole book. That was at the genesis of my friendship with Hannah when I did that. So I have like, a, you know, I kind of know what was going on over there. I don't obviously know the details, but I know enough. And I had kind of started reading the beginning of Exodus so I know about the beginning of Moses story and how he was called and all that kind of stuff but where I fell off was right before they started their journey to the promised land and so that's where I picked up and each day this week I read I just as I was reading I was taking note of things that stood out to me in the scripture um, and then what I would do after I read is I would quickly jot down some notes. What stood out to me? What was significant? What was this about? And so that's what happened all throughout this week. Then I believe it was Thursday night. My spirit was really troubled because I had gotten news that my aunt, got COVID again and so you know her whole family is exposed and they're dealing with that and then also kind of just dealing with my friend Manny and how he's going through a hard time <clears throat> my heart was really troubled and so I was praying to God I started to get in like a fearful mind state of like uh COVID I literally just want to go inside and shut down you know what I mean out of fear of like you don't know where or when how you know what I mean um so I was praying and my thought while I was praying was I wonder what the word has to say about this I wonder what the word has to say about this and so I was kind of just typing up certain like keywords in the search bar on the bible app I don't know how I got to 2 Corinthians, but I did. And when I was reading through some of the chapters, just certain passages within, I was like, oh my gosh, this is powerful. Let me show you the one that I shared with my friends. And that was the first scripture that I saw when I opened it up, I think. I was like, this is good. What What is going on? Like, this is good. So let me go to Corinthians. 
Let me go to Corinthians. It's 2 Corinthians. I don't know where it's at. And then also, when was it? Friday morning, I woke up and my throat was hurting. And I'm still battling that now, but I'm trying to get over it. And I've been praying over myself and just, you know, speaking life into myself. But anyways, I landed on 2 Corinthians 4. And it says, we are like clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God, not ours. Um, though This is the part that really got me. I'm like, oh. So it says, though we experience every kind of pressure, we are not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. And I was like, not y'all giving me a really good encouragement. Um, that was just really comforting to hear. And then a little bit down at the bottom, it started to talk about, <clears throat> so no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner person is being renewed every single day. And in the other translation, I felt like it really hit home to me. So it says, in verse 16, 2 Corinthians 4, it says, Therefore, we do not give up, even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed every day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable internal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is internal. And so... Again, I love that, especially going throughout this time where we're in a global pandemic, um, going throughout this time where so many people are being challenged in different ways and a lot of things are uncertain. Not this thing bubbling over. That's why I did not want it. I want to put that bubble stuff in there because it's literally bubbling over. Oh, let me stop putting the bubble. But anyways, um, yeah, so I thought that was significant. I'm going to try not to go through every nitty gritty of what I read today. I'm just going to share with you guys some of the things that I really enjoyed in Exodus. So an overall recap of what I got from what I read in Exodus thus far was just um, seeing the basics of how everything started. Kind of seeing God in a different light. You know, just kind of like understanding his foundational characteristics and stuff like that. Um, and there's so many different lessons woven into the early stories. But anyways, let me go ahead to my notes so that I can read those out for you. And um, we will go from there. Where's my notes? Exodus study. So, on Saturday when I first read, I said, Exodus 15 picks up after the Israelites have went through the Red Sea. So, that's where I started off the scripture. So, it had Moses had just used the staff to separate the Red Sea. The Israelites went through. 
the Egyptians were trying to chase after them, but by the time they were trying to enter the water, God had, you know, let the water come back together instead of being separate. They were washed up. The Israelites had just got to the other side. <coughs> Where were they? It said that they had, I believe when they first got, oh no. So, after just leaving, this whole passage, chapter 15, is about praises basically so when they first crossed the red sea they got from to the other side moses began to sing a song and he was just talking about god and his character and how grateful they were so to speak just praising god and then i what really stood out to me about this whole passage was the fact that they also highlighted not only did they highlight moses but they also highlighted a woman which was Miriam, which is Moses and Aaron's sister, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm pretty sure I'm correct. I am. So Miriam got her own little line or whatever. She got featured in the um, chapter. And she also got to sing a song to God. And so these are the points that I wrote down. As soon as, as, soon as they experience victory, they worship with songs of praise. We see this in Exodus 15, 1 through 18 in Moses' song. And then we see Miriam's song in Exodus 15, verses 19 through 21. And I said that I love that we do indeed see women who have ministry titles, because they did say she was a prophetess, um, who have ministry titles um, this early on. In the Israelites, among the Israelites. So I love that. Um, being represented as a woman is always important. It always feels nice to see yourself reflected in some way. In something that is important to you. So, for sure. So that's pretty much it. Then in Exodus 16, they enter into the wilderness of sin which I think is significant on its own with the name that it was given, the, the wilderness of sin. Um, and basically in this chapter, the Israelites are complaining about hunger. They're super hungry. They're grumbling. They're complaining to Moses. They're like, you might as well should have just left us in Egypt in slavery because at least there we had a little bit of food to eat. So they complaining, they grumbling. We ain't got no food. You took us out here to die. What you doing? All this kind of stuff. They talking to Moses. Moses, like, okay, I don't know what to do with y'all. Let me talk to God. So basically, um, God heard their grumbling and he responded by telling Moses that he would send down some bread from heaven for the people to eat. Um, in addition to this provision, he also gave specific instructions on how the Israelites were to interact with the blessing that God was going to send down. So when God was like, I'm going to send some food down there. It's going to come in the morning. Tell them people to go and get what they need. This is what they need to do. Only gather what you need. It was specific instructions that came along with it. Um, and basically... God's instructions were to gather just what they needed. And on the sixth day, they were to gather twice as much as they needed. And this was in preparation for the Sabbath. Um, the wilderness was a barren place. So this gets to some of the points that I wanted to make. So, for instance, the wilderness is a barren place that doesn't produce much. But when they saw food, 
It might have added food they had never seen before. They knew it was God who provided. And I said, I also like that Moses mentioned it, mentioned their grumbling and complaining. We're not applicable to them, but to God. Because Moses at one point was like, listen here, y'all are complaining. This is not directed towards me. You're complaining against God at this point. Like, you talking to me, you think you're talking to me, you thinking, oh, why did I bring you out of Egypt? Why did we bring you here to die? You're not talking to me, you're talking to God. Take that up with God, basically. Um, And then in chapter 17, now they've left the wilderness of sin. They've ended up in Raphidim. Um, They're camping there again. What is happening here? The elders stuck together. They moved in packs. I love that. But I think one passage that I want to spend time explaining um, or spend time sharing is Exodus 18. I think out of every passage that I read this week, Exodus 18 was my favorite passage because I just saw so much that was super... um, wholesome I feel so hold on one second let me drink some water okay so Exodus 18 (laughs) so basically By far, this is my favorite passage. And let me share some of the key points that I got from this passage. So one, I saw the value in having healthy relationships. And in this context, healthy in-laws or healthy relationships with your in-laws. This passage also revealed to me the importance of family and community. And more specifically, God-set community. Um, I saw the importance and value of godly counsel and wisdom. And also, it made the analogy of the chain of command more evident. Like, it made more sense of like, oh, this is, I've seen it at play again. Um, And that's a theme that I saw play out earlier in Exodus, and I'll share that with you later. And then also... I I think that I saw a familiar theme that I've been talking about a lot with Hannah, which is the fact that there is no honor in being a lone wolf when it's not required. And I think our culture um, promotes that and it rewards that idea of you got to get it on your own. You got to make it out the mud on your own. And sometimes when push comes to shove, you'll do. But if it's not required... Why would you make yourself do more than what needs to be done? But I think our society rewards that. Oh my gosh, look at them taking that on all by themselves. No community, no nothing. I got this on my own. To me, it's not cute, especially if you don't need to get it on your own. And you're do- you're running yourself into the ground just so that you can say that you were self-made, air quote. Just no one is self-made, but you know what I mean? So that's just a personal gripe that I have with society. Nothing against nobody in specific. Just something against the culture and what we be doing. 
So let's go into detail. What did I see in here? So the value in having healthy relationships. And in this text context, when I was reading this and I was reading Moses, the relationship between Moses and his father-in-law Jethro, I was like, this is what I want with my future in-laws. Like, I want to be able to be close with them. And when they come to visit me, they're happy to see me. And we can talk and everything. <clears throat> so basically what happened was they was camping, whatever. You know, cool, cool, cool. They was camping. Jethro made his way down to where Moses then was camping at so that he can drop off Moses' wife, which is Jethro's daughter, and their grandkids. They got two sons. So when Jethro came into town, to the camp, when Moses saw them, they greeted each other and Moses kissed them. Was like, hey, what's up? You know what I mean? And they were really excited to see each other. And Moses took him into the tent and he filled Jethro in on everything that God had done thus far. Because mind you, I feel like that was a lot. I don't think that Moses was with his wife when he was talking to the elders, when he was talking to the pharaohs, when God was doing all of them um, plagues, when God was opening up the Red Sea. She wasn't there. No, he wasn't even with them. Because I believe, from if my memory is not mistaken me, Jethro lived on like in the wilderness. Because that's where Moses went away when he left the palace. Wherever the Israel, not Israelites, but wherever the Egyptians and the Pharaoh lived. When he left there, he went into the wilderness and that's how he even met his, his wife and his father-in-law. So, I don't think it was realistic for them to be in the loop. So, Moses was filling him in on everything that was going on. And after Moses told Jethro all the stories, Jethro was like, well, this is a good God that we serve. A great God. A magnificent God. And... For he had no other God has done what he done did. So Jethro was looking him up. Then they had like a whole feast together. And I believe Jethro like offered offerings <clears throat> to the Lord. And so one thing that I saw. I don't know what Jethro's relationship was with Yahweh. I don't know. I don't know if he had previously known him because of lineageship and being like you know the god of jacob um the god of isaac the god of abraham like i don't know if he had that moment yet you know maybe he could have been kind of in between worshiping the gods of the current culture of what he was near you know with the pharaohs and their gods and stuff i don't know what his current relationship was but Moses sharing his experiences with God encouraged Jethro so much to the point that he saw the light. And he was like, well, your God, he doing something for sure. You know what I mean? And he not like nobody else that we been saying. You know what I mean? So that was a key point. So then the next day, Moses is out there and he's judging the people. So basically... All the little problems that people have within the camps and stuff, within the different tribes and all that kind of stuff. All of their problems have to come to Moses because he's seen as like a priest. He's seen as someone, he's a prophet, you know, he's seen as the person that um, is wise enough to be able to give them counsel. Um, and so the lion wrapped around a corner, basically. Moses sitting up there. 
from dawn to dusk, day and night, listening to these people and their problems. Some of them are important problems. Some of them are little tiny problems. And Jethro came outside. He saw this and he was like, immediately no, immediately no, immediately no. He was like, what is this going on here? And Moses was like, I'm sitting up here judging them. Like, all of the people come to me because they want to know what to do. And I tell them, like, what to do. And I tell them, what's a good, you know, resolution to this problem, X, Y, Z. And Jethro's like, yeah, no, this doesn't work. Um, <clears throat> and I can't remember what he said specifically, but let me find the verse because I liked how Jethro was like, this doesn't make any sense. And you have more business to do like god you're a whole leader here you shouldn't be busied with busy work you know what i mean and it's not that it's any more important or less important or that the problems is like the title of dealing with these problems are less important titles it's just that it's not the title that you should be tasked with because you have more things to be focused on bigger picture things and then smaller picture things are still just as important, but they're not, it doesn't have to be your job title. So let me find the scripture where Jethro was telling him that. Because I liked it. Where were we? Exodus 18. Exodus 18. Okay. So it said, the next day, Moses sat down to judge the people. They stood around Moses from morning until evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw everything he was doing for them, he asked, what is this thing you're doing for the people? Why are you sitting here as a judge while all the people... First of all, he said, why are you sitting here alone? Which I liked. Sitting as a judge while all the people stand around from morning until evening. And Moses replied, because the people come to me to inquire of God. Whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me. I make a decision between one man and another. I teach them God's statutes and laws. And so... Jethro said, what you're doing is not good. You will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you because the task is too heavy for you. You can't do it alone. I love the point that Jethro made. And this goes to the point of one, the importance of God's community and having people who have godly counsel and wise because you can have people in your camp to be able to tell you this the way that you need to hear it. This also goes to my second point about there is no honor in being a lone wolf. Like you cannot do this alone. This is not good for you. You're going to tire yourself out. And I think that that's a point that we all miss because we're so focused on wanting to do everything for people. And I'm sure it don't get me wrong helping people with their problems showing people the way explaining god's design is all important and good but sometimes when you do more than what you can handle it does no good at all and so jethro was telling him that he was like you're gonna wear yourself out and everybody else around <clears throat> and i think this goes to something that i believe hannah's mom was saying i can't remember the exact word but like trying to do things that are outside of your job description stresses you out 
And then it stresses everybody else out because now everybody's frustrated with you because you're not fulfilling their needs, but you were never able to fulfill their needs in the first place because that was outside of your job description or the workload was too heavy. So now you're not giving it what it needs to be given. So other people are disappointing because their expectations are not being met and you're getting burnt out because you have more than what you can handle. So you're stretching yourself too thin. So then this is what Jethro told him. Um, he said, now listen to me, I will give you some advice and God be with you. You be the one to represent the people before God and bring their cases to him. Instruct them about the statutes of the law and teach them the way to live and what they must do. But you should select from all the people, able men, God fearing, trustworthy, and in hating bribe men. Place them over the people as commanders of thousands hundreds fifties and tens they should judge the people at all times then they can bring you every important case but judge every minor case themselves in this way you will lighten your load oh and they will bear it with you oh, and if you do this and god so directs you you will be able to endure all these people um, you will be able to endure and also all these people will be able to go home satisfied. That is a hefty passage. So Jethro tells him, hey, listen, this is what your job descriptions would be. Continue to be a counsel. Continue to be an advocate on the behalf of the people. Go to God with the people's concerns. Continue to show them in God's way. Continue to teach them and instruct them in God's way do that that's important that's your main calling when god called you that's what he wanted you to do from the beginning do that and do that well now instead of you trying to do that plus so much more there are many capable god-fearing trustworthy people who are not going to be easily corrupted by bribes there's so many of those men's there choose those men outside of your camp utilize other people utilize the gifts that they have have them be in charge and it said from the thousands to the hundreds to the whoever's and the however's to the fifties and the tens and that right there is what the chain of command is and let me tell you a story <clears throat> when i first studied exodus about year to two years ago I was reading the beginning half of Exodus where God called Moses and, you know, I was familiar with the story from childhood stories and what people had told me from the movie and stuff. So in the movies and in the stories and what everybody had told me, it was like, oh, God told Moses that Moses did this. Moses picked up the staff. Moses talked to the people alone. And never once did I see Aaron in the picture. And so when I was actually reading the scripture for myself and I saw that God told Moses and then Moses told Aaron and Aaron did. Aaron picked up the staff. Aaron did this. Aaron did that. I said, what even is Moses here for if Aaron doing all the work? I was so confused because at the beginning, everything that everybody had ever told me, everything I had ever saw was that Moses did it, uh, did it alone. God just talked to Moses alone and that was it. And Aaron was nowhere to be found. So it was a culture shock to see Aaron doing there. And for a second, my flesh <clears throat> was like, why is Moses getting all the credit? And um, why is he here? Like, what's even the purpose of him if he's not doing anything and Moses is lifting a staff every 10 seconds? But then at that time I was in high school and I was in Gerald TC. 
And this is something we were just, Colonel was just telling us about the importance of the chain of command and the role of the officers versus the role of the enlisted soldiers. And God brought that to my remembrance. And then it clicked and it was like, oh, Moses is the equivalent to an officer. He's looking at big picture things about the direction of where we're going. He's talking to the ultimate commanding officer, getting all of the instructions, gathering that up, finding the plans, and then giving it to the enlisted soldiers and saying, here, execute. And that's exactly what Colonel was sharing with us. And that's exactly what was happening in the scripture. Moses was doing work. It just wasn't the work that we were seeing on the forefront. He was talking with God. He was literally going and praying, seeking God's counsel. God was speaking to him, gathering and giving him all of this information, the vision. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. I need you to get the people. I need you to gather my people. I'm going to free them. And then he, Moses gathered that information, gave it to Aaron, and he executed. And so if Moses was doing all of that at one time, I don't think it would have worked. There's a time and a place and everybody has their task. So back to what Jethro was telling Moses now, that's the same thing that's happening. Moses is an officer. He's getting the word from God. He's teaching the people, the foundations, the flat line. Here's the law. Here's the way. The tiny things that reoccur every day, the problems that people be having every day, certain things that come up in day-to-day life that are not necessarily monumental. Why is that coming to him when he's focusing all of that? That is something that somebody who is totally capable within their camps are able to take care of. And when it said the thousands, the hundreds, the fifties, and the tens, it made me think of platoons, squads team leaders it's literally battalions which are like thousands of people then there's platoons which are hundreds of people then there are squads that could be 50s of people and then there's teams that are like tens of peoples and that just clicked so much for me and I'm like that's why chain of commanding is so important because the leader cannot do it all everybody has a role and a place to play in this platoon in this battalion, in this army of God. You know what I mean? So I really like that. I really like that he told him, utilize the people around you so that you will be able to endure. That's key. So Moses can be able to continue doing what's important, continue leading people in the way of God, and that the other people, what did he say? The other people also will be go will be able to go home satisfied and they're not disappointed because you doing too much and you can't do enough of them love that hold on the airplane is going the airplane is going okay and it says moses listened to his father-in-law and did everything he said so moses chose able men from the israel from all israel and made them leaders over the people as commanders of thousands hundreds fifties and tens they judged the people at all times they would bring the hard cases to moses but they would judge every minor case themselves then moses said goodbye to his father-in-law and he journeyed to his homeland or to his own land that was such a good story and there were so many great points that I genuinely loved and that so that was my favorite scripture of or favorite thing that I read this week um loved it it was great learned a lot from it I read a little bit more 
this morning I just read about the Ten Commandments. I like that. The day before I read about God coming down on Mount Sinai um, and revealing himself to the people and how he came down on like a cloud and a thunder and the whole ground was shaking and the horns was playing loud and you could really feel his presence. Like, feel it. I was like, what? Yeah. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's been amazing. So that's all I learned. I think that's all I'll talk about. This week was my first week of school. Um, being back on the campus. I really enjoyed being on campus thus far, listening to the professors, getting being able to interact with the students. I felt that it was something that I had never done before, and I really enjoyed this dynamic a lot more. I just truly wish that I would be able to do this in different circumstances where every time I was close to people I'm literally risking my life and other people's lives like that whole aspect is literally um a turn off so wasn't really a fan of that but we're working through it we're hoping for the best um I'm hoping that God would just be with us throughout so yeah I don't know Lord please continue to strengthen me I hope that I'm not sick with anything or contagious because the last thing I want is to get someone else sick I'm just (coughs) hoping for the best But I'm super excited to continue reading Exodus, to continue reading 2 Corinthians. Maybe next week I can come back with a better format of how we talk about things. But yeah, overall, all is well. I'm done talking. And as always, my friends, peace, positivity, productivity, prosperity, and a God's perspective to you and everyone we know. And until next time, bye!